Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I'm joined once again by my co-host, Heather. Heather, how are we? Hello, I'm back. It has been a while. It has. We're back in the office now. What's up? Oh, studio, office, room, multi, multi-purpose. Multifunction. Yeah, this is the first um, podcast we've done, like, not over the internet in quite a while. A long, long time. And again, we've uh, had a lot of technical issues. So it's quite funny because when I'm hearing myself talking and I'm recording, I actually sound like a robot, which is quite hilarious. So yeah, we've, so been, we've been fiddling around for the last like 30 minutes trying to get the technical issues sorted. Just for anybody listening, we are social distanced. The table is social distance, meets social distance standards. So we're okay. So there is a hand fine. sanitizer in front of me. I have used it liberally. Everything's, everything's wiped down. Everything's yep. fine. But I just thought, like I said, it's, it, we came to the conclusion when we were trying to f- figure all this out, all the audio issues we're having, we should just zoomed it. Honestly, we, we didn't have any of these issues over Zoom, but hopefully the audio quality will be absolutely fine. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's worth it. So, uh, like I said, me and Heather, we just, uh, for the last eight minutes, we're sorting out the audio, smashing coffee. So, hopefully, we're absolutely buzzing, adding value, just doing what we do. Yeah, we're both relate- relating to the same fact that we haven't slept very well the previous night. So, I think it's, it's, it's been me. For me, it's been the whole week. And I think it's, like I was talking to clients and stuff, I think it's something in the air. Like, yeah. The, the 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 pressure in the air has been a bit weird this week. I think so. I don't know if it's actually had anything to do with the pressure in the air. Maybe I don't know if I'm making stuff up. I was walking through town yesterday, and the crows were circling, and the wind was really like loud, and it was really dark, and there was a man like shouting like outside a church, and I felt like I was in a film, like just about something bad's about to happen. There were all the crows and ravens. Yeah. I was like, oh god, what's going so on the, here? The end of the world's about to happen. Literally, and then it did chuck it down. Um. <laughs> but then most of all that. It's like it makes it feel a bit weird. Yeah. It's just like you're like, have I missed something? Yeah. Especially when you're doing coronavirus when everyone was uh, like locked in. Yeah. Everyone was at home and then suddenly the clouds go dark and you're like, is this the end of the world? Felt like it. I think it's, um, yeah, for me, especially now, if you notice it starts to get like a bit um, darker earlier, I feel like I don't even know what month we're in. Oh, yeah. Like, I, you... It's nearly the end of summer. Kids go back from school in, in like a few days this week. It's next week, I think. It's like the first, second. Honestly, it's absolutely blown my mind. Like, where on earth is this year gone? To think that the time between now and March is equivalent to like almost half a year. It's so weird. Like, I look back on January this year and think, I do, I don't recognise that person. Like, that was so long ago. Well, it's put into perspective. Do you know when lockdown started? Just before lockdown, we'd recorded, I think, five episodes. Yeah. This will now be episode thirty-one. Oh my god. So that puts in perspective about how... Because I, I realised that. Because someone said to me, um, I've just seen the gym early on. I said, well, how's your podcast going? I said, oh, you're going really well. I said, I've just recorded episode number 13. He went, 30? He was like, you were on four last time I checked. And I thought, actually... And I looked back, I was like, pretty much all my podcasts have been recorded yeah. during lockdown over Zoom. Absolutely bizarre. It's It was a long time. Like, it was... I actually don't know how I survived it. When you think about every single day in lockdown was basically exactly the same. And you always think, like, I'm the sort of person I hate being bored and I don't like having a day in my timetable that has got nothing in it. And yeah. I'm like, I did four months of basically nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just, but, but I was talking to someone, so I was at, uh, at yesterday at the restaurant um, to eat with a friend and I saw two people from the gym that I hadn't seen in the gym since the gym reopened. And they were all like, oh, yeah, my routine's all gone again. But it's weird, isn't it? Because people love routines. So the gym lockdown started, people were freaking out because yeah. their normal routine had gone. Then at the end of lockdown, people freaking out because they enjoyed their new routine and now people are back into their old routine. They miss, they actually miss actually all the freedom and stuff they have. Oh yeah, like definitely. I was like meditating every morning and evening doing like an hour's worth of yoga and now I will realise I've gone like three days without doing any like stretching or anything and I'm just think, I just, obviously I'm making time to meditate and stuff and yeah. like I'm having time to myself every single day but it's not as long as it was before and but you can't have that kind of like floating around all day being really mindful when you've got to go back to work you've got to keep things going so it's like getting the balance between a bit of lockdown life a bit of normal life meshing it into one and kind of like learning from it yeah i mean that's that's thing it's when you when you look back it's like look at how many things i was doing during lockdown i've stopped and it's just like 
oh, why can't yeah. like but actually I've kept some really really good habits going all the stuff that's actually benefited me has been massive like you said about your stretching like my, the only thing I think I haven't done really is my morning walks I've stopped doing but I've still do my meditation in the morning I still read in the morning I still do my like cold showers and stuff like that but I was going for walks in the morning yeah but it's a bit like I I was running like 30 kilometers a week and I keep thinking oh yeah I should get back to do I'd still do like the odd 5k every mm. so often but I've, I have can't just run 30 kilometers in a week now because I'm at work on my feet all the time. Mm. I'm always busy. I'm always doing stuff. But I almost need to recognize that like the gyms are back open now. I can do that. I'm still You've active. been in the gym loads. Like you've been in the gym yeah. loads like, since it reopened. But I think it's, you have so much freedom in lockdown that you almost think, oh, well, if I could do that then I can do it now. Yeah. But you can't. There's certain things that you do have to do less of, but still keep them into your yeah, routine. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, because you're never going to be able to do it because you're never going to have the time to do it. Like during lockdown, you should all the time in the world. But you seem to be smashing the gym. How are you getting on with the gym? Like you literally seem to be proper in the swing of things now. Yeah, I think obviously the first week I struggled very much with DOMS. Um. So people don't know what DOMS is. It's uh, when, when you go to the gym and if you've ever been to any sort of boot camp or anything ever, and then the next day you can't walk because your legs are really sore, that's what we're talking about. That's the DOMS. Yeah, and I'd forgotten how, like... Y- you wake up in the morning and feel like you've been hit by a bus. I'd forgotten that feeling. I was like, why do I ache everywhere? But I've passed that now. Um, the thing I need to drill into myself is sleep. Like we said earlier, it massively affects my training. Yeah. So today I had an upper body session and I could just tell my sleep, my sleep wasn't helping me. That's why I had the coffee before we started. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing some weird little stretching things as well. So you are, you are still doing your thing. But the thing is, though, it's then recognising, listening to your body, that when you are going to gym, if you are knackered, just give yourself that bit of a break. Like, yeah. you, you can just chill. It is okay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Where some people are like, which are like, oh, I can't bother to go to the gym. At least go and do something. Because, again, oh, yeah. you did a bit of cardio and stuff as well. So you, you still did something. It wasn't like you just went in half-assed it and then left like you may have had the best session in the world but you still did something yeah i was actually thinking today um like a few years ago i would turn up to the gym i would go on the cross trainer for about half an hour literally just summoning up the courage to go into the weight section because i was so anxious about going into the weight section and sometimes i'd just do my half hour on the cross trainer and think i I can't go over to the weights i can't do it today whereas now i just walk straight in i'm like yep dumbbells deadlifts like, so, so again we're not going to talk about this but let's talk about that so what why why did you have that thing so i think it'd be a lot of people listening to this they'll be like yeah completely I, that's literally me like yeah. they, they, like a lot of females walk into the gym they feel anxious they feel nervous they won't want to they'll literally they'll, they'll have all the best intentions of trying something new in the maybe the the weights area and people call it the, the guy section just just anyone listen to this it's not the guy section just so you know like it is you pay your gym membership no matter what any big massive guy says in the gym it is not the men's section okay yeah. it is the gym you are entitled to go into the gym so just tell them to go fuck themselves um but a lot of people again will, will have the best intentions and be like oh yeah i want to get in but they'll get the cross training and they'll be like paralyzed with anxiety so then looking back why why do you think that was I think I've obviously been to a lot of different gyms before. And this is like a couple of years ago. Um, I was at the university gym and it's just full of all the guys that are like oh, rugby lads, whatever, weightlifters. Lads, 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 lads. Yeah, we're protein shakes. <laughs> and um, I, my fear was going over there. It wasn't going over there and being like, oh, I'm the only girl. It was going over there, doing something wrong. And then the embarrassment of someone coming up to me and being like, oh, by the way, you're doing that wrong. And also like, I just felt, really out of my place like I felt like I'd, I never used to have a training plan either so she yeah. used to turn to the gym and be like what do I want to do today and the thing that would motivate me the most would see seeing like somebody else who looks like a beginner being over in the weight section and being like okay well if they're if they're a little bit of a novice then I guess I can join them as well even though I wasn't a novice I've been going to the gym since like 2012 um but it was just fear like yeah. it was mass- it was just fear and now I don't even think about it so what, what's 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 changed then is it the fact that you do have a personal trainer the fact that you've, you're comfortable knowing what you're doing is that been a yeah, big factor yeah I also think it? I just care less like if someone comes up to me and says you're doing this wrong I'll be like alright thanks like I will take that on board but I think this is the, I think this is the point because again I've just wrote this down on my notes like, there's a few things that you, you said I want to pick up on like because this is something as a male trainer who predominantly has female clients this is something I'm always cautious of because I see females in the gym doing things wrong and I will just go up to them and I'll say, excuse me. So the way that I approach this, any personal trainers listening to this, like this would be my advice because again, hopefully you'll say that's what benefits you. I'll say, excuse me, uh, would you mind if I just showed you how potentially do that exercise a little bit more beneficially? Yeah. Or I'll ask, excuse me, uh, what muscle are you trying to work doing exercise? 
and I'm like, I'm not really, they, normally they'll say, I'm not really sure because that basically they don't really have a clue. So I'd be like, oh, and let's say, for example, I know they're trying to work the bum. I'd be like, oh, are you trying to work your glutes? And I'm like, yeah. But like, would you like me to show you how to do that more effectively? So straight away, I'm not saying you fucking stupid idiot. Yeah. I'm just saying to them, just want me to sort of show you how to do it more effectively. So then you show them, make them feel really comfortable. And I basically sit and watch them do it for a few times. I'm like, awesome. Like if there's anything else you need to come let me know. So it sort of like opens that field where you're not yeah. being ridiculed, if that makes sense. Like, and I think that that, that for me, because again, you get, uh, obviously you train at the gym that I'm at now. Um, but again, also the gym, the gym train at the gym. When I'm not in my uniform, most people here know that I work here. But sometimes there's new girls in the gym and I'm not in my uniform and I feel really awkward going up to them in case they think I'm trying to be flirty or weird when I'm actually I'm trying to help. Yeah. Because again, there's so many creepers out there when it's just like, I'm just trying to help. So that's always, that always comes into my head. So it's interesting that as a female, you'd feel awkward about someone potentially trying to help but then as a male trying to help it's someone feeling- qualified like like yourself if someone qualified came up and said this is how you do it if it's just some random sweaty guy mm. or girl just you know got a few oi, thousand oi oi duck you're yeah. doing it wrong a few thousand followers on instagram and a gymshark vest yeah trying to tell me how to do it and i just that's what i don't like because i think once i went to the gym when i was about 16 17 this was when all the booty workouts were a, oh god they're still around yeah still around. so i used to get my workouts which just scrolling through instagram and i was doing something and this guy came up to me and he was like oh you're doing that wrong let me show you how to do it and i was like all right fair enough this bit awkward but then he just wouldn't go away and he wasn't flirting or anything he just would he was just talking to me about like all his like squat PBs and stuff like this. And he was talking to me for a good 15 minutes, but it was one of those conversations where I was really trying to hint that I didn't want to talk. Like I had to go to work. He wasn't like adding any value. Yeah. He was just talking about himself. Cause again, let's say for example, that that was the situation, but then he was then saying to you, but it was adding value about what you could have done to improve. He said, Oh, let's say for example, I noticed you're doing this booty workout, blah, blah, blah. Like to actually really work your glutes. And he started to add a bit of value. You probably wouldn't have minded that. But the yeah. fact he was then going on by himself, then he's a bit like, listen, right, I'm trying to sort of crack and on. And in the gym, I, I'm pretty social, socially awkward in life anyway. But I think when I'm in the gym or when I'm exercising or something, I just kind of have to go within. To myself. I don't like, I don't like training with other people. Yep. And I don't know. It's just... I feel like exercise and stuff is such like a personal thing. I think it should be. I don't think it's for a lot of people. A lot of people, again, when we talk about students, I think they go in there to socialise. Oh, but, yeah, But yeah. for me, yeah. um, since lockdown, like, I genuinely, again, this is from the people probably find weird to hear, especially if they're on Instagram and stuff. I've not enjoyed training in the gym for about four years. I literally did it because I had to. And again, as a personal trainer, like genuinely, I literally didn't enjoy training because since competing and stuff and doing all the modelling, I just didn't enjoy training. But since lockdown, I've come back. I've got a new lease of life. I'm like a man possessed. And do you know I'm in the gym now? I've had so many people come up to me saying, like, you're like a different person. But they, they're like, I don't want to talk to you, though. It's like, I'm kind of glad you don't want to talk to me because I'm training. And do you know what I'm training? It's, for me, it's when I release my anger. Mm. So I'm a completely chilled out guy in life now. But do you know what I'm training? That's my time to myself with my thoughts when I listen to my angry music. And I just let it out, but I'm doing it productively. So rather than before, I'd go into like a self-destructive state and just fucking that, that negative thought would spiral and blah, blah, blah. Like when you get that pent up anger, if a thought pops into my head, I can then use it to then actually better my body because I'm getting angry about it and I can then lift a heavy weight. But then I've got the ability now to then afterwards just breathe, get myself back to a level and I'm good. Do you know what I mean? So it's just that sort of like, for me, it's like it's when I'm training, it's game time. Like don't fucking talk to me unless I am approaching someone. Yeah. Like you'll know I've got two headphones in. I'll take a headphone out if I'm in the headspace to train where I don't mind people disturbing me. Yeah. But it's like, if I've got two headphones in, don't come and fucking talk to me. I'm training. I'll say hi to you. I'm not, I'm not a fucking arsehole. Don't get me fucking wrong. But like, it's one of things where don't come approach to me and talk to me about how your week was because I don't care. When I'm finished, I'll come and talk to you. Yeah. When I'm yeah, working, yeah. if I'm not with a client, I'll come and talk to you all day long. But this is sometimes I think what personal trainers struggle with, that boundary. Because obviously that job to be nice and friendly and personal and that sort of stuff is like, if that's my only sort of form of therapy, just let me have it for an hour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just let me have it for an hour. But again, so you say that, that you go internally. I think that's a, br- that's a brilliant thing. That's what I'm trying to say to my clients. And that's what I want to hit on it. Because that's why when you say about the cross trainer, this is what I say to all my clients that are female that are struggling in the gym. Especially if you go to a big commercial gym and it's busy. I will say to them, just get on that cross trainer or that treadmill. Put your music on. If it's S Club 7, Westlife, whatever it is. I was literally listening to a playlist yesterday full of those songs. Oh my God. You know, I, I always say this. Everyone's like, uh, don't listen to that. But it turns out you actually do listen <laughs> yeah. to that. So there we go. So I was right. Yes, I knew I was right. So, but then from there, then what you're doing is you almost scope the gym out. You're sort of, yeah. In your head, you're mentally rehearsing what you need to do. 
So again, going in with a plan is the first is a great thing. The fact you now have a plan, it, it means you've you can sort of you know roughly what to do. But then you're looking at and let's say the first example, just completely making this up. This isn't a program, just saying leg press. So you're just looking at leg press. Oh, cool. Actually, there's, there's quite a few guys around that leg press. Don't want to go on that. What's my next exercise? Oh, chest press. Okay, that's pretty cool. But then you sort of like just scoping out yeah. the feels of the gym, if that makes sense. But you're mentally preparing yourself to go in there. And I think it's a, I think it's having like 15 minutes on the cross trainer or the treadmill or the step or whatever it is to get into your happy place with the music on or your angry place, whatever you want to do, but then just scope out what you're doing so you can mentally have that visualization, that rehearsal of, oh yeah, so that's a leg curl. Oh yeah, that's a leg press. Oh yeah, I need to go on the TRX or whatever it is. You're scoping the gym out, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I also now try not to go on my, I've started doing it now, but I try not to go on my phone as well. And I saw you earlier on. Yeah, today doesn't count. Today, she's up the sleep excuses um but i think as soon as i go on my phone like between sets that's when i'm like on instagram and oh what's this and then i'll go on facebook and i'm on all these groups of people complaining about life and then i just feel like i'm not in the gym to work out i'm at the gym to do exercise and leave yeah so i always try to put my phone in airplane mode because obviously i want to like change songs yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah but the minute the minute i'm on social media in the gym it's kind of but this will say to people, so that, that's such a key thing because people do spend so much time with it and you see it as well. So you can have the best intentions in the world to be good training, but especially with a big commercial gym, like you don't want to be that person where some of my clients will say to me, oh, I was at the gym, I need to go on this machine, but this fucking girl was sat there for 20 minutes on the phone. Mm. You don't want to be that person that's sat on the phone for 20 minutes on the on the machine. But again, I, it's one of the things where I, I, I used to turn my phone off. I don't, I've got a lot better now at not responding to it, if that makes sense. Mm. If my session lasts longer than an hour, I will then have to look at my phone if I've got to respond to clients and stuff. But if my session would last an hour and 30 minutes, the first hour is my intense stuff. And the last 30 minutes is all like fluffy stuff. So I don't mind. But again, I'm, I'm, I've always got my stopwatch on. So as soon as my stopwatch goes from my rest to finish, don't care what I'm doing, I stop and I go again. So that's a little thing that I'll say to people. Like if going on social media makes you feel a bit more, what's the word, comfortable in the gym. Do you know what I mean? Because rather than sort of sat there and, and accepting that you're in a gym full of people, if you just scrolling on your phone or looking at pictures or something helps you with your anxiety, then there's no problem with that. But make sure you set your timer yeah. to actually make sure that you don't get lost on Instagram for 45 minutes and you've literally done one exercise and done nothing else. And my thing is, it's like, I don't think nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it's what you're using it for. And especially as a beginner, I always say to people, do what you need to do to get you in the gym, have a good workout and then leave. So if that means you've got to scroll on Instagram and you rest, scroll on Instagram and you rest. But as soon as your timer goes, your mentality is right, back to training again. I mean, so they have the ability to switch between training, resting, training, resting, training, resting, rather than while you're doing the exercise, thinking, "Oh, well, I've just seen Dave, oh, Dave and Janet, they're back again." Oh, Dave God. and Janet. Dave and Janet, they've come back. At least it's not. What's, what's that? Karen's. Okay, at least oh. I use the word Karen because I, mean, I feel like Karen's getting a bad rep now. So it's just Karen, Janet's. Yeah, Karen. Uh, Karen's not had a very good marketing team. She recently, hasn't. Has she? No. she really hasn't. It's Can like we it... said with White Bread. White Bread hasn't had a good marketing team as well. So I think White Bread yeah. and Karen's need to get together and sort of just re- <laughs> rebrand. <laughs> If there's any Karens out there, I love you. I hope you're doing okay. I love you, Karens. Yeah. <laughs> um, another another little point I want to put, I, I wrote it down actually um, when you were talking earlier on. Do you remember when you going to the gym about people laughing at you when you on uh, in the gym? Yeah. So uh, people don't know I'm actually in the process of hiring a new coach. Uh, and for those people that also don't know, it's actually Heather's personal trainer. So she's absolutely awesome. So she'll be joining my team. She's absolutely fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Um, so at some point, I'm sure you'll see me posting some stuff on Instagram about her because she's massively into mindset stuff, but. Uh, I was talking to all my clients about hiring this this new coach and uh, I said where it was from, uh, where she was from. I said, they, they thought it was a bloke um, and they basically turned around and said, oh, I hope it's not this one that I, uh, that I saw in there. I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, uh, my, my daughter was in the gym doing something slightly wrong and he was there during the session laughing at her. A personal trainer? Yeah. And I was just like, are you fucking joking me? She went, no. I said, well, first of all, it's a female I've hired. And I said, I've got standards. Like when I say standards, I mean, I don't care how good someone is at actually coaching, but like they've, as a fundamental human being, their values have got to line up with the Prime Life Project yeah. and what I want to create. So I said, anyone that's actually laughing at someone on the gym floor, first of all, is a shit person training, you just get out of the industry. And second of all, I would have no business hiring them. But I just thought to myself, people like that, regardless of whether he's a trainer or not, the fact he's a trainer is disgusting. I, I'm, I don't know the guy's name, so I'm not going to fucking bash him. I don't know who he is, but if he's listening... Not they would be because he wouldn't be developing himself. But anyway, um, but any guys in the gym that are doing that, do you know what I mean? Like, don't laugh. Like, yeah. because everyone was that person once. Even the biggest meathead bodybuilder in the world was an amateur once. So it's something I want to pick up on that because it's really actually bothered me when I heard that. And it's just something like, so anyone listening to this podcast, like, 
especially female to female. Again, most of my listeners tend to be, well, from, from what I've gathered, like females. So whether you're female or male, do you in the gym, especially female to female, if you see someone that's struggling a bit, just go and offer it, go and offer a hand. But as we were saying earlier on, don't do it in a dickhead way. Don't yeah. say you're doing that wrong because no one likes to be told they're doing something wrong. Do I mean, just go and approach them in a sort of way of like, oh, I'll just see this. Do you mind if I give you a bit of advice on how to do it better or optimize it better? So you're not saying you're doing it wrong. You're just saying, oh, I know little secrets, make it a little bit better. And then you're feeling like you're letting them in on a secret that not many people know. Do you know what I mean? So there's ways to approach it. So I just want to sort of, sort of something that is, it's a touchy subject. And again, we weren't meant to be talking about the gym at all during this podcast, but I think it's, <laughs> I think, I think it's interesting which we've gone down there when you talked about it, especially when it comes to the, the, the cross trainers and treadmills and stuff. But I don't think anyone should ever feel intimidated in the gym. Um, and if you do feel intimidated in the gym, potentially look at changing gyms because you shouldn't be, there's gyms out there that are, they should be a safe environment for you. And if you, as well, if you feel intimidated in the gym, there's so many more exercises available. Like mm. for some people, weight training just doesn't, like they just don't enjoy it. Like run, play football. Like, 100, oh, 100%. Or, or even that, do you, do, you, do you feel like weights? You're not doing public. Just hire a personal trainer. Oh, so, yeah. So, so, what, so what I say to people is with this, like obviously with, with my company, there's different price ranges and stuff. What I say to people is just hire a personal trainer, even if it's for four sessions. Just make that investment because then what you can do, like it will then make you feel so much more comfortable knowing what to do. Do you mean like you can just go and have, basically use that personal trainer? Just say to him, when you, just be honest, but listen, I've run four sessions. I just want to feel comfortable. Can you write me a plan? And can you just take me through it so I understand what I'm doing so I feel comfortable? Yeah. But then you will know exactly what to do and you've got a plan to follow. And that's basically what they're there for. So you don't have to feel intimidated that you've got to sign up with them, stay with them forever. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg, but you're seeing it as an investment to make you feel comfortable. Do you mean just have someone just walk you around? Because again, when you learn to drive a car, you need an instructor, but then once you've got it, you've got it. So it's the same sort of thing. Like when you're paying that personal trainer, listen to what they're saying, take notes. And also I think people, because whenever I say like, oh, I've got personal training, people are like, oh, all right, and bougie. <laughs> but the the cost of a personal trainer is the equivalent of like, so you do maybe one session a week, fortnight, whatever. Yeah, I- That's like a meal out. Mm-hmm. And it's not, long-term, it's not expensive because it's more it's almost more motivation to actually go to the gym and take your health and fitness seriously if you're putting money into it mm. all these like you know you can go to a gym now for like 11 pound a month yep. but you almost don't see that as any investments like, yep. oh why would i go to the gym like it doesn't really you matter suck it like, off, yeah. Yeah. but actually if you invest and also it's going to accountability yeah because everybody knows i think i said this before on the fatless podcast but everyone knows kind of what to do now you can just google how to get in shape the problem is people can't do it it's accountability. So if you've then got to check in with your personal trainer every single week and look at them in the eyes and then they're like, well, nothing's really changing. And you're like, do you know what I mean? You have to literally look at them in the face and be like, yeah, I've just smashed 12 McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? But then it gives you accountability. And if you've got a good personal trainer, they'll work with you to then actually overcome these sort of things yeah. and deal with you and help you and da, 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 rather than just actually training you. So again, with the personal trainers, genuinely, again, this isn't a plug for personal training or anything like that, but it's just, if you are struggling in the gym, like just don't be afraid to ask for help because everyone needs help at some point. Uh, and again, it would make you feel comfortable. And then as Heather said, it's, it's not that much of an investment, it's good. And if, especially if you're doing it for like four weeks, but what you get out of it is absolutely mega. So I think, that, I think that's a big thing. So what do we actually want to talk about today? So we've been chatting away for about what, 20 minutes and <laughs> talking about the gym. That was not what we're meant to be talking about today. Classic, classic Heather and Dan behavior. I knew what was going to um, be. I was saying this to my client earlier on because obviously Heather's a bit of a celebrity in my gym now because oh. when she comes in, I was like, oh my God, is that Heather? And, and then Miles as well, like her boyfriend's like, oh my God, is that Miles? I was like, I'm making celebrities out of it. <laughs> it's like Heather the celebrity. Just, do you know what I need to sign? Like, oh yeah, get some like, signed t-shirt. That's what I need to do. I know Heather. <laughs> Do. Well, the last day of school. Yeah, that's what it is. Good luck. Massive t-shirt. I know Heather, and just get just like autograph load of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so obviously the last podcast that I did uh, was with Michael Loge, and it was all about the law of attraction. So me, me and you were meant to be doing one on the law of attraction. But I think a lot. So again, we're not necessarily talking about the law of attraction today, but just more, I think, like a a sort of bridge gap between Michael's amazing, like essentially lecture on law of attraction which it was, it was a fucking like education masterclass on law of attraction. But then some people still maybe won't believe or still haven't experienced it or still don't know anything about it. So for me, I, th- I think we're just having a chat about more practical things and experiences that me and you have had that people might be more relatable to. Like, I mean, like a case study almost. Yeah. Like case study examples of how it's actually benefited us in our life so that people can be like, oh, so this stuff actually does actually work because people may have listened to that podcast and they may have started to do stuff for, I don't know, a day, two days and then stopped. But what people need to understand is that it, it's a law. Like it's called the law of attraction because it's a law. Like it's not something that comes and goes. It is always working, as Michael said. And the thing with it now is science is backing all this up. 
like when it comes to law of attraction and all that sort of stuff, like it's all being backed up, which is a key thing that I don't think people realise. My laptop's just stopped working. Oh my god, okay, we're good. Fuck, let's get the hell out of me. My, 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 halfway through talking, my laptop like stops. I was like, oh my god, I've lost everything. I was going to edit this out, but I'm not going to edit it. We'll keep it in. So, yeah, so basically, it's more sort of like practical stuff for people because, as I said, people don't, like Michael said, Michael wasn't there to prove that it works. He's just there to give you what it is. And now science is actually backing all this stuff up. Like when it comes to meditation, like science is now backing it up. You so, can't argue with science. You can't argue with science. And with stuff now, like you look at quantum physics, there's a whole thing now on this, like mm. just a study of this and how vibrations work and how the universe works. And people can't be ignorant to it anymore because this is, like I said, that fucking stupid ass fucking book, The Secret. Like it, it isn't a secret anymore. By the way, yeah. The Secret is a shit book. Don't read it. No, <laughs> do not read that book. It is wank. Read Michael's <laughs> book. It's a lot, lot better. And there's loads of other books on it. But the point is like, it's not a secret anymore. Like more people are becoming aware of it and changing their lives. So what have you? What experiences then have you had with the law of attraction, would you say? So there's two kind of key experiences. And obviously, we are, I'm only 22. They're both academic. Um, the first one is kind of... I always forget you're 22, by the way. I I, always, not going to lie. I always forget I'm 22. Sometimes I think I'm 16. Sometimes I think I'm like 35. Like, <laughs> I just... Yeah. Um, but, like, the first one, I was always like a straight a student at school but put no effort in i was just kind of like because i'm i'm not academic as such but i can remember things really well pick up on things and then when i got to college sixth form year 12 whatever you want to call it i kind of just thought oh it's fine like i don't need to put effort in i'm clever and i got my first year results back and i got a d and a c which for me was a slap in the face because i've been walking around being like oh yeah am i getting a am i getting a star and I kind of realized that I had brought that on myself. Like I couldn't get upset. Oh, I didn't do the exam properly because I had just brought that on myself by putting absolutely no effort into my grades and stuff. So I remember I was in Spain when I got my results and I sat and I wrote this massive Instagram caption with a quote like new beginnings. And every single day for a year, I revised so hard. I was revising it on the first day of second year when we hadn't even le- we didn't even know what we were going to be learning. Um, all my spare time, I put all my effort into. I aimed for an A star because I was like, if I aim as high as I can, then I know I've done my best. Like I won't be dissatisfied if I get a D again, but I've aimed as high as I can. Mm-hmm. I know that I did my best, and um, my teachers just kind of didn't believe that I was going to actually do very well. Like I was almost like, if I got a high grade in a mock test, people in the class would be like, how's Heather done that? Like, I was a bit of a joke basically. Mm-hmm. And I was averaging around C's, B's in like class assessments. And then when it came to results day, I got the highest A star in the whole, in the whole building, like institution, college, whatever. Mm-hmm. I got the highest A star. And that was when I kind of realized I had told myself I was going to get that A star and I had the biggest grade jump as well mm-hmm. um, from a D to an A star because it was a really low D that I got. It was basically like an E. Um, and that was the first time I was like, I did that with my brain. And it wasn't about how much knowledge I had of the subjects. It was psychology. Like psychology is very confusing at A level because you have to learn so many different approaches. It was just the fact that I had put so much effort and told myself I was going to do it. Um that was like my first experience, but I didn't actually know it was a law of attraction. My first actual... So, so I think we still have that again with it. It's was a pick up on stuff like that. It's because when people listen to this, like people will be like, oh, that's not law of attraction. So it is because you have to, like, you had to actually believe you could do something for a start. Like you've yeah. got to put it out into the universe. Like you have to hit that point where you're saying something. It's like, right, enough is enough. Like I want to do this. But then what you're doing is you're then, again, I said this before about the reticular activating system in your brain. So when it comes to law of attraction, there's so many different avenues you can go down with the law of attraction. Like when we spoke with, with Michael, that's like the, 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 the fundamental core principles of it. But then it branches out on so many different levels. So you've got a thing like called the reticular activating system in your brain. I think I mentioned this before, like when I, when I brought the uh, white golf GTI, I saw it everywhere because then that became my main focus. You did the same thing. It wasn't white GTI. It was, I want an A star especially if you've got emotion behind it. Let's say one of your teachers said to you you were no good or you're a failure or you someone said to you you're a failure or you're stupid. You've then got emotion behind it. So you've planted a seed of, I want that A star and then you've watered it with emotion. Then you've actually started to take some action as well. And this is the key thing where the secret is a shit book because it basically tells you if you just sit there and think of something, it's going to happen. And that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's not how the law of attraction works. It does not work that way. You, first of all, you have to believe you can do it. 
Like no matter what you're putting out there, again, exactly what Michael said when it comes to that I'm in the process of the I am statements. Like if you're saying I am, but you don't really believe it, it's going to block it. So if you then, you literally then allowed it. I can do this, but then you fully believed, but then you took the action of the revision as well. So people are like, oh, you should only did it because you revised. Yeah, but she had to, like before you hadn't revised, you were fucking bum, you were fucking failing. Do you know what I mean? So then you had to have that whole thing that then you then took the action to get the results. Yeah. So you can see there where it's like it's intertwined with a few different things. It's not necessarily just law of action. It's then actually take action as well. So it goes with everything that people say. You can't just say that you want to get, get in shape or you can't just have the affirmation of I'm in the process of getting in shape. Okay, what fucking it. action are you going to do? Because then I'm in the process of getting in shape. Okay, cool. And then you can go to the gym. Then people are like, oh, it's not law of attraction. It's because you went to the gym. No, but it's the belief every single day you send that social, I'm in the process of, I'm in the process of, and fully believing that you can do it, even when you're not seeing the change, but then doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. And then before you know it, you've got yourself in shape. And then people are like, oh no, it's because you've just, you've revised, or it's because you've gone to the gym. No, 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 it's not that. It's so much more than that. Because every single day you've had to keep watering that seed, watering that seed, watering that seed. And this is where people fucking fail because they don't believe they can do it or they don't take action. So you can see here, there's so many different things that have got to come together for it to actually work to benefit you. Yeah, yeah. I just want to pick up on that. So that yeah. rather than people, so people listen to that like, yeah, it's because she revised. Yeah, it is because she revised because you had to take fucking action. She's not just going to suddenly learn a subject. You're not just going to suddenly become a millionaire. You're not just going to suddenly do, that's not how the universe works. That's not how this law of attraction works. You actually have to fucking do something. And that's the fundamental thing of it. But it's the whole thing with law of attraction is you're putting it out into the universe and then the universe will help you like, so if you want to get into shape, things will start to happen. Things yeah. will become easier for you. Like, the machines that you need will happen to become available. That personal trainer will happen to say to you, oh, sorry, do you mind if I give you a bit of advice? Do you know what I mean? Things like that will be drawn to you because you've allowed it to happen. You've planted that seed. I am in the process of becoming fit and healthy. You've then taken the action going to the gym and then things will just start to happen. You will start to notice things will happen and it will sound like a fucking, oh... No, like pay attention. Just pay attention. When you when you do this and you actually, like I said, Ted, I'm reading a book of the minutes from the 19, 1925. It's not called 1925. It's from the 1925. It's like a band. It's from, it was written in 1925. And again, the guy talks about law of attraction there, but he doesn't call it law of attraction. He calls it the field of potential. But again, he talks about the thing that you've got to do first is you've got to have that, that uh, definitive purpose. Like what is your purpose? What is your outcome? So you need to know first, like what is that? So what is it you actually want? But then you've got to allow it to happen. Then you've got to take action. And then the universe. And again, back in 1925, the shit he's talking about is fucking absolutely bizarre. But I just wanted to, like, to pick up on that point that you were saying about because people will be listening to him like, oh yeah, but... Yeah. But like, yeah. it's not that. Like you had to instill that belief into yourself. And that's yeah, it what wasn't it easy. Like it was, it's... I think the thing is, it, is it effort is such a hard... It's easy to just say, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But actually doing it and not going through the motions of doing something, but actually experiencing what you're doing. Like going to the gym, you can do a few leg curls, sit there for an hour, but if you've not actually worked out... You've got to be present. Yeah. You've got to be present when you're doing it. You've got to act... I said before, like back in the day when that podcast we spoke about, like uh, with the boat analogy, like you've got to know where your north is. Yeah. You've got, you can't just bob along in the sea. You've actually got to go there. And right, this is what I'm trying to do. I want to get an A-star. I've set the ball in motion, A star, you've set it to yourself, bam, right, off we go. So when you're doing it, you're actually doing it with intention. You're not just sort of, oh, I've got to revise today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're actually going with intention. Right, so what was your second example? Sorry, I massively so, clear. I just want to explain that. My second example is the weirdest experience ever, but potentially one of the things that changed my life. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned before, but I originally came to Nottingham to study mental health nursing. And I'd wanted to do it for ages because I wanted to help people and nursing is you know it's a degree that you do and you get a guaranteed job afterwards um and I just started to realize I really didn't like what I was doing I was really unhappy I would sit in my room in um my halls every single day just really depressed and I actually started looking on YouTube for videos advice and like how to feel better about your life and a few things on law of attraction came up like these YouTube videos and it was all about write down where you want to be in the next few years. And I realized my goals didn't line up with what I was doing, but I blocked that out because I thought, well, I'm just gonna have to suck it up. I want to graduate, be a nurse and have this good job that pays well. But then all my goals or things I wanted out of life was happiness. I wanted to start my own blog. I wanted to kind of write more about mental health. And none of these things had anything to do with working in a profession like within 
the NHS or a private company or anything. And then I went traveling around Europe for a bit. Nothing really exciting. I literally went to two, uh, two <laughs> countries. Not that bougie. Um, but I just woke up at 4 a.m. in Hamburg in this hostel. And I just had this urge to go on um, Nottingham Trent's like application website. And I've always wanted to do broadcast journalism. When I was younger, I wanted to be like a radio presenter. That was my dream job. But I, as I got older, I realized, you know, it's very hard to actually get into that industry. It doesn't pay very well. But 4am in Germany and I'm scrolling through and I found this course I wanted to do, broadcast journalism at Nottingham Trent. It's one of the highest rated ones for that course in England. And I just emailed the admission tutor and I was like, just wondering, I currently study this degree. Would it be possible to drop out and transfer? At this point, I had minus hundreds. I had no money. I was obviously tied into a contract with my halls um, at the University of Nottingham. I was on this degree, I was being paid by student finance. So my life did not allow me to just drop out of uni and do this fun course. Sent the email, forgot about it because I woke up the next day, it was a different day, I forgot I'd even had that like midnight emailing session. And then about a few weeks later, I got a reply saying, oh, actually, yeah, this is a process you have to go through. I went through a really long process. I got into even more debt. Uh, there was like Loads of problems with um, not being able to pay for my accommodation. I dropped out of university. My whole life was a shambles. But I knew that I would be so much happier if I did this course. And everything felt like it was falling apart around me. But then the more things I let go of with nursing, the more things I kind of accepted that that career wasn't right for me. I started my blog. People started to say that like my writing really helped them with things. I started this new course. I was doing really well. My housing situation sorted out. I got a job. My finances sorted out. And it's been two years since all that happened. And I am exactly now where I wanted to be when I was in that room in Hamburg thinking about my life choices. I am there now. And yes, I've been through loads of debt. I've been like, I've cried myself to sleep. I've had massive mental breakdowns. I've had to go in like antidepressants and stuff like that. And that whole process wasn't fun. It wasn't like a, oh, I'm just going to write my vision board with a pink highlighter. It was a difficult process, but I got there. Somehow the law of attraction, things fell into place, but they almost had to fall apart mm -hmm. before falling into place. And it was, I don't know, like... I think when you see things on Instagram about the law of attraction, it's all very pink and fluffy and, you know, let go of toxic people and your life will be better. But it is actually quite a grueling process. Mm -hmm. It's not just a nice running around in fields process. But for me, that was the first point when I was like, damn, this law of attraction stuff that I found out actually works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my... But I mean, that is, it, uh, there's so much stuff there that... I've, I've been typing, I've <laughs> scribbling my notes when you're saying that. Uh, and first of all, it's also the fact that you want to be uh, like broadcast journalism and now you're like a podcast co-host. That's the thing, we're literally podcast doing. is like kicking off massively and like I said, people yeah. recognising the gym and stuff. I, my, my, one of my like goals was to be doing something radio related like podcasting about mental health, mindset and then the, wh no, where am I? Yeah, I said, like I said, this thing with it, like you're a valuable part of this. That's, although you're not there when I'm interviewing other people, but like you, there's always like you are literally my co-host. So when I'm not recording with someone, I'm recording with you. So you're a big part of it. So that's the thing with it. So you are part of this as it's grown. And again, I said that to you when I first met you before we actually started recording it, where I wanted to go in my vision and you literally completely brought on board of it. And again, that is law of attraction in itself. Yeah. I knew, because when we first sat down, I told you I was going to go with this. I literally told you what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I, I, had like, no, yep. I had no fucking right to do it. And then look at some of the people I've been interviewing now. Even like down to like Michael Ogier, getting Michael, like he's, he's sold over 3 million books. The guy's fucking ridiculous. Going and getting that Tariq, all these other people I've got to get got on. It's just like just putting it out there. And then you're saying to me, how are you getting these guests? I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. And then people, people are contacting me to get on the podcast. I mean, it's fucking brilliant. So a few things I want to, to, to put on there that like you mentioned, like, you let it happen. Do you know what I mean? We talked about like the, the, the um, once you put it out there about what you want to change, then you, you said something, you just let it happen. So you put it out there and it was like, right, this is the process you've got to go through. And then you just start to go through it, but you let it happen. At no yeah. point were you like resisting it. Like you let it happen. Like you're like, right, this is what I want to do. You put it out there. And then as you said, things have to fall apart to be put back in place. That is how it works. That is literally how it works. If you tell the universe what you want, it will have to break down what's going potentially got to break down where you're at right now in order for you to get it. And people don't realize that. 
Like people think, oh, it's broken, it's broken. Like if shit's got to hit the fan, if, if you want happiness and you're on this course and shit's gone wrong and then you've got to get yourself into loads of debt for the, then you find the right course, which would then make you loads of money because you're happy and you're enjoying doing it. That's the process you've got to go through. So yeah. it has to be broken. You have to be broken down to be built back up again. It's just how it works. Look at The Matrix, for example. The movie The Matrix, which I said this before on the podcast, is a documentary. I don't give a fuck what it says to me. The Matrix is a documentary of life, like fundamental principle. But look what happened. So he had this perfect life, but he wanted more. So he got offered the red pill, or the blue pill. He wanted more. A lot of tries to say picks the blue pill, whatever everyone did, to basically learn more. He then had to unlearn everything, and everything became a fucking shit show because everything he knew was wrong. But then what happened? Motherfucking fly. Stop bullets. Do you know what I mean? But he yeah. had to go for that process of yeah. literally his life. Had to compl- everything he knew, he had to lose everything. So he wasn't in the real world anymore. Everything that he thought was his reality, he had to lose everything in order to be built back up to actually get what he ultimately wanted, which is the f- freedom to understand life. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's the same thing with that. So when it comes to law of attraction, when he put stuff out there, like the fact that you said, like you wrote down, this, this, the, this is the power. I, I've had this when I had a, a chat with a guy this week. It's the power of actually knowing what you want. That is the first step. It's so hard though, because I think everyone, everyone wants to be happy. Yeah. But what everyone is happiness? Money. Yeah. But, what's but, but then this but then this is the thing. So then this this is what um so again by Michael's book, but this is kind of what he alluded to again. This is what I want to I want to have this uh, chat with you because we didn't with Michael again to let him crack on and again his talk is literally phenomenal. I've listened to it back so many times myself personally. But he couldn't go into too much detail. His book goes into more detail. But when he talks about uh, what you don't write down what you don't want. So first thing you do is get clarity in your life. What do you want? But if you don't know what you do want, write down what you don't want. So for example, you don't want to be broke. We don't want to have debt. Okay, so what do you want? Okay, well, I want to earn five grand a month. Okay, cool. So you write down what five grand a month. Like, I don't want to work a nine to five job. Okay, what do you want? I want to work flexible hours. Okay, so now you know straight away you want to work flexible hours and be earning five grand a month. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be sad and depressed because what do you want? I want to be happy. Okay, well then what's happiness to you? And what does that actually mean? What does that look like? And they start writing it down. But then you've already got pictures. So what's happening to you? Maybe it's not working nine to five. Maybe it's having flexible hours. Does that make sense? But then once you've actually started to write down from what you don't want to what you do want, you will then see what starts to make you happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you don't want to be stuck in a relationship. Okay, so what do you want? You want to be alone so you can explore the world. Fucking okay, so you want to explore the world. There you go. Is that happiness to you? Like, are you not happy right now because you're stuck in a relationship that you don't want to fucking be in because you're completely trapped? And actually, your ultimate goal is you want to go traveling. Your goal is, your whole purpose in this life is you want to go traveling. I'm not telling people to break up with a partner, but my point is, until you write it down, you don't know what you want. Yeah. And if you don't know what you want, how the fuck is the universe going to give it to you? And sometimes how? it's not comfortable. No, it's not. Honestly, like, it's not. I I don't... I'll just put it on the internet so it's fine. <laughs> um, there's a woman who had like a bikini body guide. I can't pronounce her name. But she broke up with her partner of eight years and they've got a baby and whatever. She read this massive post about it. I doubt she was like just woke up one morning going, ah, yes, I want to end my relationship. Like that would have been a traumatic thing. But then the two people will grow from that. Yeah, absolutely. And she's, and he have obviously identified what they want from life is different. Mm -hmm. And it's finding out what you actually want in life and your happiness sometimes is a difficult process. But then then it's thing that communication. So with that, people are like, oh, she's got a kid, poor kid. But what's worse? A kid growing up in a relationship where the mum's not happy. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, so yeah. both parents are cheating on each other. They're not happy. They're miserable. But actually, one parent, the, 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 again, the woman in that in this case, has said, "Do you know what? Actually, this isn't what I want for my life." So then, to have that conversation with the partner, like, "Listen, just so you know," like, but then he's gonna be like, "Actually, do you know what? I felt the same." Or, but then you then then work together as a team, like because you're still parents at the end of the day to move your life forward. But that's the thing: it's like having that realization of like, what do you want? What do you actually want? Because so many people just don't know that. So they go for their life miserable. Like some people love to work a nine to five job. Awesome. Okay, but if you don't want to work a nine to five job, what the fuck do you want? Because people are like, oh, I hate my job. I don't want to do this. Okay, so what job do you want? Oh, I don't know. Okay, so then what do they do? They leave that job they hate and go and do another job, which is basically the same fucking job, but with a different company. Yeah. Guess what? They fucking hate that job as well. And they literally go for their entire life, skipping around, skipping around, because they don't actually identify what did they not like about that job and what do they actually want? It's the same with partners. Like when you get a partner, the people that go for the same thing, like they always pick the same kind of guy. Okay, so what kind of guy do you pick? Okay, so the guy's always late. Okay, so then what do you want? You want a guy that's punctual. Okay, so on the first date, if that motherfucker rocks up late, you know straight away, this ain't the guy for me. Yeah. Okay, things shit, well, listen, shit can happen. Okay, so maybe not the first date, but Joe, if every single time he's rocking up late, right, this ain't the guy for me. 
Why? Because you know you don't want a guy that does that. And if you know you want quality time, you want quality time. Like your one of your things is, I don't want someone that works long, stupid hours. Like I, so then what do you want? You want someone that can spend time with me. If the, you then uh, then um, speak to a guy that's in the fucking military and he's going to be away for four months of the year, is that relationship going to give you what you want? No. But the thing is, people don't write down what they don't want or what they do want. So they go on these dates and they keep getting into the same relationships with the same people. And this was, I did a, a post, a, an Instagram video on this other day about like, just walk around and so many people in their life are miserable. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. because they don't understand they have the power to change it. And it's the power of thought. It all starts with your thought. The power of thought is the biggest thing ever. And it's the one thing in your life that you can control. If you do not believe me, right now, think of a can of Coke. Think of a can of Coke. You can think of a can of Coke. Is there? Yep. Yeah. Think of the Statue of Liberty. You can picture it. Blink. You literally have complete and utter control of your thoughts without fail. Fact. I don't care how depressed you are, how miserable you are, you can control your thoughts. You may just not have the tools if you're in that depressive state to do something about it, but you have the power to control your thoughts. Your thoughts then ultimately take your feelings. If you are feeling fucking shit, you are not taking control of your thoughts for positivity. And people are walking around feeling absolutely fucking shit because they don't realize they have the power to control their thoughts. Yep, agreed. Mic drop. Because that's, but that's the thing. This is the fundamental principle in life that we're not told. And this is where the law of attraction comes in. Because what's thoughts? Energy. Vibrations. What you're actually sending out. And again, what you send out is what you attract. So if you're constantly thinking negative thoughts because you don't have the tools to, to think positively, what are you going to attract? Just like a magnet, you're going to attract all that fucking negativity. Because you're walking around with negative thoughts and negative feelings and you're just going to literally see negativity everywhere and you're going to experience it. It's just going to be drawn to you. Just like Michael said, you wake up in a bad mood and then before that, uh, something's happened, then bam, before you know, the whole day goes against you. Which is that one thing of actually taking control of your thoughts. Right, so what do you want? What are you in the process of? Because by saying you're in the process of, you're then actively taking control of your thoughts. What do you want? What are you in the process of? Bam, there's your purpose. What do you actually fucking want out of life? And bam, there it is. It's all set up. So my thing with this is, my, my experience with this is, so when I went to my depression, like timeline of my life, when I... Um, Basically, finally got myself out of depression where I was in a good place. Uh, I then started to move to Manchester and then it all fucking went wrong in Manchester. Absolute fucking shit show. Uh, and I was basically, uh, I was talking to about this off air. I then had fucking absolutely no money to my name, broke as fuck. And I started to buy a Tony Robbins um, audio thing, as you do. And it cost me £250 and that would literally put me in even more debt. But anyway, and then on the first, uh, first thing you had to do on day one was write down what you want out of life. So basically he says for 45 minutes, phone, phone off, stopwatch on you have to write down everything you want just let your brain go crazy so it's very similar to michael's thing and this is the point do you only know look at the top people in the world i said this before on the podcast they're all doing the same fucking shit people just don't know where to look to find this information but all the top successful people doing the same thing so michael's telling you okay write down basically saying what do you want but people don't know so write down what you don't want but tony's just saying for 45 minutes turn your phone off and just write down everything you want in life and then just list it like in priorities. And so then there you go. That's what you want out of life. But you couldn't do day two without doing day one. So like, for fuck's sake. So literally there's me like, oh, I don't want to write down what I want. Because like, you cannot do day two until you've done day one. Fuck's sake. So then I had to sit down and write down what I wanted. So then I had it. I had it completely there. But at the same time, I was reading Michael's book. So one of the things I wanted to do was have earned 10,000 pounds. But I was fucking broke as fuck because I had absolutely no right to ask or want for £10,000. had no right. But I wrote up my vision board. I'm in the process of earning £10,000. A year later, I had £10,000 in my account. Paid off all my debts. Had a brand new car. Everything on my vision board that I wrote that year, every single thing without fail came true. I wrote five things. Every single thing without fail came true. Yes, it was the Tony Robbins stuff because I was going into a lot more detail than the Michael Logier book. But it was that I'm in the process of. So I wasn't telling myself that I had £10,000 because I fucking didn't. I was broke. And I had no fucking right to put that on there. No fucking right. But I was in the process. Then what did I do? I planted that seed in my head. But then what did I do? I didn't then just fucking sit there. Like, oh, well, I've said it now. And then took action. But then the more you start to take action on these things, the more belief you get. And then when you get the deposit back, plus extra money. Okay. So, do you know what I mean? Because again, yeah. just, I was like, oh, fucking hell, okay. So I got given free money. Fucking hell. Well, that's going to my savings account. 
People just giving you money. The money just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Fucking hell. But again, it's because I allowed it and I let it happen. I was, I, I literally was at rock bottom. I was like, I'll do anything. I take my cold showers in the morning. I literally set my mind up for success and I planted the seed and I did not, for a single second, think I couldn't do it. Because I just gave up. What else, what else do I have to lose? It's kind of like what, um, what's his face says? Um, <clears throat> Leah Flowers in his podcast, like, like before you kill yourself. He's like, what's that one thing? He's like, if you're going to kill yourself, you might as well go for that, try and do that business thing. You might, you might as well. If you're going to end your life, you might as well do this. So that's my attitude. I don't want to go to rock bottom again. I'm gonna. I'm starting to go down there again. So fuck it. Let's fucking go for it. Let's try and get to ten thousand pounds. So I literally went, I went all in. I didn't resist it. Right, fucking let's go for it. I set myself a time frame of six months. But after the first month, I was getting so much fucking money coming in, and things were just clicking. I thought, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. Like it. It's one of those things where it's like. When you speak about it with hindsight experience... It's nuts. People are like, oh yeah, but you know... Uh. But when you're actually going through it, you only realise what's happening if you actually take a step back and look like... I know money is such a fickle thing, but even like compared to this time last year, I look at like how I am financially now. I'm like, I had nothing to worry about back then because as bad as things were, they've sorted out. <laughs> I've set the intention and it has sorted out but it's not even money like even happiness so people want to be happy okay every single morning say to them, I'm in the process of being happy okay so what the, the, Ben and everything we spoke about like the gratitude journaling and the power of gratitude when it comes to literally sorting your fucking life out so if you then say to yourself every single morning I'm in the process of becoming happy and then every single evening or every single morning or both ideally you write down gratitude thing, journals things you're grateful for right anyone listening that wants happiness do that religiously for a month and come back to me and tell me how much happier you are because every single morning you're setting an intention, I'm in the process of becoming, happier, becoming a happier person. You're then taking action, doing it with your gratitude journaling. And again, remember the gratitude journal, the power of it is you've got to put feeling behind it. So you're not just writing down, I'm really grateful for Heather on the podcast. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I had a great podcast with Heather early on. It's absolutely brilliant. I just sit there and think, oh, it was amazing. The energy was fantastic. Yeah. So then what are you doing? You're emitting positivity. You're living in that moment of positivity, positive, positive thoughts. Positivity breeds positivity. Negativity breeds negativity. So you just sit with that positivity. When you get that positivity, sit with it. And then you write three things you're grateful for. Let's say it takes you 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes of pure happiness and pure positive energy you're putting out there. Do that twice a day. That's 20 minutes a day of pure positivity you're putting out into the world. Tell me that didn't fucking make your life better. It sounds nuts. But again, anyone that's listening to this, thinking, oh, just trust me, buy Michael's book, do all the activities in Michael's book, but then actually take some action actually start to do it and see what happens oh, yeah. but you have yeah. to appreciate you know when things are happening it's not a coincidence there is no such thing as coincidence nothing everything in on this fucking planet happens for a reason everything and as michael said like if you're not happy with what's happening in your life like you've attracted that in some way shape or form so just have a look like everything's going on like just have a look what are you actually attracting but then when you do attract the positivity that you do want appreciate it it's not a coincidence it's not a fucking luck you created that but then you've got to actually appreciate it and take the time to be like, holy fucking shit balls. This is fucking nuts. Yeah, because it works the other way around. Like if you're attracting negativity, you've got to break that cycle. And I, even now, like I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm someone who just wakes up in the morning and spills out positivity. Like the last month or so, I think it's with like lockdown ending and life coming back to normal and all just a mishmash of things in my brain. I found myself slipping into negative cycles Whereas before I'd be like, uh, I'm feeling a bit depressed. I'm depressed. And I would just accept a period of being mm-hmm. depressed for like a month to half a year. Whereas now I have to literally write down every single thing that is going on in my head, recognize what the habits are, behaviors, emotions, feelings, all that. And what part of that I can break, whether it's behaviors, feelings, and get myself out of that negative mm-hmm. cycle. Because otherwise I'm attracting. Mm-hmm. The I'll first be- thing to thought though, the fact, the yeah. fact you're doing that, you're then you're thinking is I want to get out of this. So yeah. before you just let it happen, but you're I don't like this. I want to get out of this. So then your thoughts are I need to change this. So then you're then in the, then you start to do it. So then you start to write it down. I'm in the process of sorting that out. And then you start writing it all down. Then what happens? You start to figure it all out. And then what happens? Things start to change. Do you mean yeah. because you see how it all starts to unravel? You've had that thought, which again, as I said, to you thoughts dictate everything. You've had the thought I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be fucking sad. I'll have to write everything down. So you go and write it all down. Like you might, it might be second nature to you, but there is a thought in your head that says, I need to write all this down. Then that thought, boom, and then there is, and the positivity breeds from that. But then it's the thing, again, I'm not positive all the time. Like no one is positive all the time. But then this is the thing. If you can get yourself on a level of being good, 
not okay, good. So on a, on this, if 10's fucking absolutely ecstatic, best day of your life, and fucking zero is depressed. If you can be on it a six or a seven on a daily basis, but then you know you've got to, like you've got something you really want and you can pull the pin and you've got this law of attraction shit to get that fucking 10, then you're fucking laughing. Because no one wants it all the time. Do you know what I mean? Well, they might do, but do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to go around manifesting fucking everything all the time, but do you, know, like, you really fucking need some money. Shit's really fucking, you're in a fucking bad place and you are starting to creep down a bit and you know, right, bam, I'm going to fucking focus all my energy, all my attention, I'm going to put it out there and you can bring yourself back up to a six or a seven or an eight. Cool. But then if you're just constantly just slowly, every day, just vibrating on a fucking positive level, you will go through life on a fucking a wave of happiness. Yeah. It's about just not engaging with, if you can recognize as well what is negative. If it's hard, because some people find it really hard to just be positive. Some people, the thought of waking up in the morning and having positive affirmations makes them feel sick because it's cringe or whatever. But a good step is to, rather than trying to go from being really negative to straight away feeling really positive, just don't engage with the negative things. So if you're having a conversation at work and someone's being really negative, rather than just kind of like agreeing with them to kind of make conversation, just don't continue it. Mm-hmm. So if people are stressed at work, I will not be like, oh yeah, God, I'm so stressed too. Like I just kind of try and like, oh, laugh it off or try and talk about something else. So I'm not getting my head into that. Oh my God. Yeah, actually I am stressed. Like this is really worrying me. This is where you're like, what am I going to do about this? That the other, I just kind of rather than being like, mm. Oh, but I'm really grateful to be in this job and blah, blah, blah. Cause sometimes it is hard to think that I just try to be neutral. Yeah. Well, neutral is better than negative. Yeah. Neutral is better than negative. And then once you're on a neutral level, you can then just plant your own little seeds of, you can do you can get, you, once you're neutral, you can bring yourself up to a positive. Yeah, yeah. But that, when that's you're in negative, point, yeah. it's so hard to bring yourself up again. So people are engaging in negativity. And again, this is a good thing to say to people. When people are being negative, just say to them, oh, so what do you want then? Do you know what Michael said? So if they're all moaning, oh, fucking... Fucking Lisa Karen then. Don't use the word Karen. Sorry. Oh, Dave, da 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 Do you know I wish fucking Dave... Okay, well, what do you want him to do then? Do you know I really just love him to actually da 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 Yeah. So then, do you know what I mean? Then it's just, just trying to do, almost like trick people into being positive. But yeah, as you said, like, if, you, if people are being negative, just don't engage in it. And I think that's a key thing, like, again, especially on social media, if, if it's mainly on social media, especially if you spend most time scrolling on social media and there's negativity there, just fucking remove the negativity. Oh, unfollow. Just unfollow. Yeah. You just don't, like, and it, it sounds all fucking hippie and weird, but look at me, I'm a fucking big bloke, like, fucking, not necessarily bodybuilder-ish anymore, but I'm not your fucking typical hippie bloke. That's the whole point of what I'm saying. This stuff isn't fucking hippie anymore. It's not fucking hippie. It's backed up by fucking science. It fucking works. And if you're listening to this and you're not in a good place, and we're saying to you that these little ticks and tips and tricks we're giving you can help just try them no matter how weird you think they are just try them because they will help like even on just the smallest little nanoscale because again as we said if we can just get you to a place of being good good is better than bad and most people walk around in a bad place even if we go from even go from bad to okay that's fucking great because okay is good okay is neutral let's yeah. get you to good though just doing little things um to wrap this up do you have any like final words of wisdom we wanted to Drop onto people. Um, final words of wisdom. Well, just briefly touched on Instagram, saying unfollow. If you're listening to this right now, unfollow ten people on your Instagram. <laughs> just They're negative. Yeah, like that's not even a negative thing. Like it's just look at who you follow. Like people don't read as much as they do scroll through their phone. Mm-hmm. Instagram is like a book, and if you're taking all this like negative or like information that you don't actually like seeing, get rid of it the people might be a little bit awkward with you for like a few hours if mm. you unfollow them. That's it. But again, but again, but listen, listen, you don't have to unfollow them. So if they're a celebrity, if, yeah, if they're a celebrity, unfollow them because they don't even fucking know you exist. But if it's a friend of yours, there's, you, we, listen, 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 listen. We all have that fucking friend. We all have that friend who always posts negative fucking shit. Okay, now, now we know about the law of attraction. Why do you think that person keeps attracting shit into their life? Because when they're posting stuff on their Facebook or their Instagram about how shit their life is, as Michael said, they're attracting it. And they're going to get more of the same. You don't need that negativity in your life. So just mute them. Yep. If they're your friend, mute them. Learn how to mute them on Instagram. Mute them. So they're still friends. They don't know that they're muted, but you just don't see that negativity. Okay? But if it's a, if it's a, a celebrity, that every time you see their pictures, you think, oh, skinny bitch. On meme Delete. accounts as well. Meme accounts. They just share like depressing thing like but just, some of them are funny like there's like some the really funny, funny ones so but, i always yeah. follow the funny meme accounts because i know if i'm scrolling i want to laugh like when i'm scrolling my social media i either want to laugh or be educated not the depressing ones no. some of them are just no the good oh. the, the, um, the good quote is a fantastic if people don't follow that the good quote is a brilliant page to follow 
and there's little things like that and basically all I do is and there's a the positive way or something there's, there's, there's two pages that I follow they're the two main ones and basically every day they post positive quotes so if I'm just scrolling from Instagram I'm like oh that's nice yeah. and you'll normally see me follow, uh, post, reposting them yeah, on my yeah. Instagram no, that's, that's where I get yeah. from <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's where I, like I get that. from because basically every time I'm scrolling if I do happen to be scrolling which again I'm only human and again the whole thing with it is, it is addictive oh, I don't yeah. sit there and scroll for hours but if I'm scrolling for oh that's good bam share but at least I'm learning there's some sort of positivity there so I think that's a massive thing um, where can people find out more about you with your new social media because you've changed your account yeah. maybe since we last spoke um, it's at heathers.perspective on Instagram awesome it'll be in the show notes as well so it will be there uh, and again don't forget to give me a follow which is uh, daniel underscore james underscore fitness and again with these podcasts again keep giving us feedback like drop us an email or message on uh, Instagram if it, if it benefits from me. All the feedback that you guys give is absolutely incredible. And again, if you've got any sort of value from this, just share it with a friend. Like, help us spread the word. You guys have been absolutely awesome. So again, if anything we've said here has resonated with you, like, help us spread the word. You guys are absolutely awesome. Have an amazing day, Heather, and I will see you soon. Bye.